Blog Talk Radio.
welcome you to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, January 13th, 2011. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, your co-host for this evening, and our regular host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher of the South Street Journal, is on the campaign trail tonight. Ron Carter is bringing the people of the 17th Ward, which includes the Inglewood area, parts of Arbor and Gresham, and the greater Grand Crossing area here in Chicago under under the umbrella of the 17th Ward Movement. Education, jobs, business, and youth is the platform of the 17th Ward Movement. Want to be a part of it? Want to be a part of the 17th Ward Movement? Contact Ron Carter at 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835, and we'll be sure was you are the Reverend Pickney tells a hell of a story, but I won't spoil it for you. Uh, we've had Illinois State reps, uh, senators, uh, Cook County clerks. We have top 40 artists. We've had all kind of people on this show, but Reverend Pickney set it off. So just go to blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN and click on the show for January 6th. But right now we want to continue our mission um, as we – do an outreach across this country, city to city and town to town, towns just like Benton Harbor, which only has a population of about 10,000, 10,500. We want to hear your stories no matter where you are in America. Our question as we travel the Internet across America will be, isn't that fantastic? We can just travel by phone across the Internet and hear what's going on in your community. Our question for uh, the majority of our upcoming shows this year will be 2010, what did black America accomplish? What did black America accomplish, and what is the number one priority for our communities for 2011? I, I learned last week it's going to be hard to stay focused on that question because once people start getting into these stories, they kind of move away from the question. But we want to stay as focused as possible because we want to talk about the priorities. Um, and keeping us right on our national focus, keeping us right in line, will be the national president of Black Wall Street, Reverend Michael Carter Singing. Mr. Carter will be joining the show in just a few minutes. Wanted you to know that Black Wall Street USA is the official broadcast of Black Wall Street National, thanks to the support of our national office out there in Oakland. And you can listen to our shows just by clicking on blackwallstreetdistrict.com. Our show link is right there on the main page blackwallstreetdistrict.com. You may also listen to a rebroadcast of this show on WJPC Chicago, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. to 11. That's wjpcchicago.com. And I did listen to WJPC Chicago last night as I was working late and listened to that stepping music. It was great. It was going all night. 
So very soon, very soon within the next few weeks, all of our shows will be rebroadcast on WJPC. So listen for that announcement. We certainly want to thank the general manager over there, Mr. Antonio Chappelle, for his support uh, to Black Wall Street and the Chicago community. We appreciate Antonio. You can hear my voice going out a little bit. I was out there complaining to Mark S. Allen that I have a sore throat. I was whining out there, and he was he told me a story about one time uh, in his younger years. Oh, well, he's not that old. In his young years, he called in to work and wanted the reverend and told the reverend that he was sick and he was tired. And the reverend jumped up and told him. This movement was built by people who are sick and tired. You get to work. He straightened up, went to work, worked all day, one of his best work days. So I took that with me when I came on in to do my broadcast, and I'm going to run with that. Uh, this is Black Wall Street USA, and our call number is 347-326-9477, 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. You know, I've been lacking on my chat room job a little bit. I'm opening up my chat room for you now. Please leave your company information and website links in the chat room. This is how we connect. This is how you let people know who you are. Let them know what your business is. But I must ask that you do one thing for me. Press the number one. If you have a comment or if you have a question for our guests, please press the number one. That lets us know that you want us to bring you on the air. Now, let's get right to it. Let's welcome the guest host to the show, National President of Black Wall Street, Mr. Michael Carter. Michael, are you there? I am here. How are you, Sister Sonia? I'm doing great, Michael, doing great. You know, uh, I, I think that you and Ron must re- be related. You say you're not, but I think so. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because, you know, five minutes before the show, Ron goes to the store. <laughs> now, are you, <laughs> now, now, are you sure you're not related? People yeah, yeah, this, but you, I, I called Oakland <laughs> Michael like five minutes before the show and his assistant said he's gone to the store. <laughs> I'm oh, like, yeah. they're related. How are you doing, Michael? Oh, I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. Um, wanted Ron to bring you on. You know, Ron loves this show. Wanted him to bring you, bring you on. You know, he wouldn't even give you a chance to do it. <laughs> he's so busy, he had to drag him out here to be doing something tonight because he hasn't, I don't think he's missed any bro- one broadcast in a year. He missed wow. one broadcast in a year, and that was the only the only one. Yep, every other one he made. Even though sometimes he walks in when the theme music is going on, but he, he made it. <laughs> he, he has he has done it. He has made every one of the shows. Tell our listeners what's going on in Oakland with Black Wall Street, Michael. Oh well, it's it's it's, um, it's a lot going on. We we have. Um, well, first of all, let me just uh, acknowledge any listeners out there. Thanks for tuning in, and um, you know, kudos goes out to uh, Miss Miss Purdue for for really keeping the drum drum beating and and keeping people aware of what we're doing um, here in Oakland. We we just had a transition to a new mayor. Uh, we have adopted a district here in Oakland. It's called the uh, Sobo S O B O district. It's means south of Broadway, downtown Oakland, and it is headed up by a lady by the name of Eltina McCree, 
and uh, the new mayor, who is a Chinese lady, uh, in other words, a black man, Ron Dellums, is going out of office, and a new mayor, Jean Kwan, has become the mayor. She was sworn in on the 3rd, and she did a walk through the, the merchant district here in downtown. And so Black Wall Street USA has uh, adopted this area, uh, and we want to call it Black Wall Street, but, uh, you know, the, the people down here aren't ready for that. Uh, the name Sobo came from the great author, uh, Alice Walker, and I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with her work. She came here, she saw the, the layout, and she uh, likened it to Soho in New York, and she said, wow, this would be, uh, this would be a good name for it, Sobo. Uh, so we have a new mayor, um, Black Wall Street District, Oakland is, is thriving, it, it's moving, it's not where uh, we want it to be. Uh, just like all the rest of the districts, but it, it is the uh, template for the for the nation. Uh, actually, Tulsa is really the template, but because we have taken on the spirit here in Oakland, a lot of towns like Chicago, Atlanta, and Newark, San Diego, Seattle, and so on has taken on that same uh, spirit. So in February, and I, I believe some representatives from the Oakland office will be calling to lay out what we have planned in the way of Black History Month celebrations every year. Uh, we have a series of events in the Black Wall Street District here in Oakland at recreation centers, at uh, community centers, at churches and schools uh, where we have dance and poetry and uh, plays, uh, music, and, and folk dressing up in their attire uh, for, for the month of uh, February. Um, and another thing that uh, some of the young, younger people are coming up with out here is what they call uh, black season. And, and it's like autumn, fall, winter, and spring, but they want to run it from Thanksgiving to the end of February. They, they figure, you know, we black folk come together for Thanksgiving and then uh, Christmas and then uh, Dr. King's birthday, and then Black History Month is right after that, so they want to call that. Uh, African-American or black season, uh, where we recognize uh, people who are, are, are notable in, in our community have made some sacrifices and strides for us to be where we are. So those are, those are some of the things that we have uh, uh, going in, in, in addition to just dealing with our people. Uh, it's not an easy task, but uh, uh, we do it. Yes, you do, Michael. Yes, you do. And I'm I'm looking looking at some information here. So since uh, 1998, you have been hosting uh, history money events. Uh, well, yeah, you, you, well they've been doing a lot longer than that, but uh, no one has really pushed the the region of the city as a place to go for Black History Month. So we just took that on. But churches uh, have been doing it for years um, uh, all over the country, but especially here in Oakland. And so we just said, hey, why don't we market and advertise what these smaller churches and, and community groups are doing, and yes, since 1998. And how is the turnout for, for these festivities? I see you have 40 scheduled events. How is the turnout uh, for these festivities? Oh, last, last year was beautiful. I mean, we, we had a, a number of things at the libraries, especially for the children, the turnout was just well uh, well received. And then at uh, a couple of the larger churches here in East Oakland, um, they they 
pull up a nice sized crowd. And it really varies, uh, but our goal uh, is to uh, invite individuals, uh, no matter what their race, if they want to learn more about African-American history, which is American history, then they can focus in on the, uh, the, the Black Wall Street District. And it's really twofold. It's to get them to come to the area and get them to recirculate their dollar, leave their money there. Uh, and so uh, we are in partnership with the organization here, shopoakland.com and if you go to that website you'll see Black Wall Street right there uh, it's the first time in the city history that they've actually recognized it's not the first black district certainly 7th Street was uh, but it's the first time that the city actually recognized a, uh, a black or African American uh, heritage or historically heritage black district uh, in the city um, but the turnouts have been have been good, and we, we expect it to go well this year. Now, for those of listening across the country, listen to Black Wall Street USA with National President Reverend Michael Carter. For those listening across the country, Michael, who will listen in the archives, who are not familiar with Oakland, California, tell them a little bit about Oakland. Well, uh, let's see. Well, uh, well, it was founded 158 years ago. Um, it is a. It is if you look at it in terms of a donut, it is in the middle of the Bay Area, uh, and everything, even uh, San Francisco, pretty much uh, works its way around Oakland. Um, in 1906, when they made they had the major earthquake here, a lot of people hopped on ferries from San Francisco and settled uh, in Oakland. Um, and the, the, the black history here goes back quite a bit to the turn of the 20th century. Uh, and But when African-Americans, <clears throat> well, the great deal of African-Americans who are here are here because their uh, great-grandparents came out here to work in the shipyards uh, in, on, along the, the bay. And uh, consequently, an area called 7th Street, uh, rose up as a, uh, I'd say, lucrative uh, black business district, but uh, obviously it was too lucrative. So they, the white folks, basically uh, exercised intimate domain and built a, uh, I'd say, six football field size uh, post office with another maybe seven or eight football size field parking lot and wiped out a great number of homes in that black area. Uh, and they also built a major transportation rail right down the middle, which interrupted the economic base in what, what is called West Oakland. Uh, and so what uh, white folks did not see, foresee at that time, was African Americans moving from the west side of Oakland to the north and to the east side, uh, because at one time, you couldn't find a black person in East Oakland. It was Portuguese, German, French. And so over time, it became uh, African Americans began to just uh, move in that direction. And it got, it swelled to the point where uh, the Portuguese owned landowners and those who owned, it, owned property and uh, retail fronts and buildings and, and the like began to just give away the buildings at very little cost to African Americans because they saw that they weren't going to win. Uh, and, and, and I mean in terms of, of the population swelling uh, black in East Oakland. 
So a lot of black businesses, churches, and nonprofits uh, were started uh, in East Oakland. So basically it's the principle of persecution. I learned in my biblical studies that uh, growth is brought about by persecution. The more you persecute something, the more it grows. And so uh, it swelled. The blacks started moving northwardly and eastwardly. Um, and then uh, you had the Pullman Porters, uh, C.L. E.V. Dellums, the uncle of Ron, the former mayor, Ron Dellums, uh, worked uh, diligently to see that the Pullman Porters had rights. Uh, and as you move closer to modern, to modernity, you have uh, the Black Panther Party uh, and, and a number of other groups that's, that sprung up here in Oakland. Uh, my second cousin, uh, many may know him as little Bobby Hutton, but Bobby uh, my great aunt, Dolly May, my grandmother's sister, um, he was a part of the Black Panther movement, and he was uh, 18 when he was murdered by the Oakland police. Uh, he had, um, his, uh, when they stopped him, he had on no shirt, no shoes, and he had his hands in the air. And the velocity of the bullets twisted his body around. They shot at him so many times. I wasn't born yet. Uh, this happened three days after Dr. King was assassinated in Memphis. So it happened on April 7th, 1968. And um, ten, uh, in 1960, his sister Joyce was killed by a drunk white man when he rode his car up into the yard. And so my Aunt Dolly May really faced tragedy. Our family faced a great deal of tragedy um, just being in Oakland. And so that gives you an idea of my commitment to this family here in Oakland. Uh, it's a rich history, a lot of communities. Uh, it's, a, it's a diverse community, but at the same time, you have uh, people who are smiling in your face and tell you that they're for right, but when the door is closed, uh, those same benevolent folk are, are stabbing you in your back. So it's, it's no different than anywhere else. You just have to fight. And um, Oakland is certainly the place to fight. Uh, we, we, you know, it, it's, it's no question. Um, but it's a beautiful city, and we love it. Now, Michael, uh, you're listening to Black Wall Street USA with National President Michael Carter. Now, Michael, you listened to the show last week with Reverend Pickney. And yeah. um, as we said at the beginning of the show, and as you just said, these stories are repeating repeated across the country. What's, what is the population of Oakland, by the way? 420,000. 420,000. Now, the population of Benton Harbor is less than 11,000. Mm-hmm. And Reverend Pigney indicated that uh, he was almost in the fight by himself. Mm-hmm. He indicated different spirits. He indicated Detroit spirit. Whereas you indicate Oakland's spirit may be a little different. They'll put up a fight, and it's it's like they laid down their weapons in Bidden Harbor. He indicated Detroit is some of the same things that were taking place in Bidden Harbor was taking place in Detroit. There would be a fight. So mm-hmm. I guess, um, and I'm just asking for some feedback, as we move across the country, we will see different reactions to the same thing. Um it's hard to fight by yourself, and it's very difficult being a size population to fight a major corporation such as Whirlpool or uh, 
any large entity such as that. I've been up against a few myself. I've been in EOC back and forth. They can't stand to see me coming, but I make it. I make a little trail right on over there to it right. and go on right. and go on, go on with it. I'm already. I'm up for a fight because in my lifetime and in in my mind, whether I'm white or wrong, I have to go for the fight. Because someone will come back behind me, and I will have sent the message, whether I win or lose the fight, that there will be a fight. Right. So there, there may or may not, in the minds of the person who uh, who I feel discriminate is discriminating or the corporations, next time you'll do it a different way. Right. So I have to go forth with the fight. Now, Ben Harvard, they didn't feel, maybe they didn't feel, we have to talk to him again because I, I really want to have him back. Uh, maybe they didn't feel like they could win the fight, but for me, whether or not I win it or not, I need to send the message. I need to make public records. I need to send this information all the way up to ever the CEO of the corporation is. The last fight I was in was Royal Bank of Canada, so I had to be sure that the top people at Royal Bank of Canada knew what was going on in Chicago, okay? Right. Couldn't let sleeping dogs lie. You know, right. I go to battle by myself, and I, I've had it. I, I'm a, I'm a bad, bad girl sometimes, Michael, but I, I will go I will go all the way to battle, and I did, and I will. Uh, right. But I think they, I think they had to know. Uh, I think their corporate counsel had to know. I think they board mem- their board members needed to know, and I made sure that they did. I didn't, I didn't win the case, but I made sure that the top of the line knew and that it was made public record. That's that's right, right. you know whether you win or lose, you got to you got to get into that fight because someone is going to come behind you. Somebody's right. going to come behind you, and you get to you got to step out there, out there to be sure that it's not repeated. Or if it is, they need to do it a better way. That's that's mm-hmm. all that we're talking about. That I'm talking about. But Bitten Harbor, eleven thousand people bitten beaten down to the ground. One man gone to jail. Oh, I said I wasn't going to spoil all that, didn't I? But um, you listen to Black Wall Street USA. Michael, what would you like to add for our listeners before we go? Uh, on our break, take a little break, and we do have one caller on the line. Well, I, I, you know, I know a famous quote by James Baldwin is the only thing that white people have that black people need or should want is power, and no one holds power forever. And so it, it, it comes down to, uh, and, and, you know, we really don't want, everybody will not fight. That That's just a, a reality that's been a reality down through the history, the annals of of time, and uh, if we we take the principles of Jesus Christ, he didn't come to the he could have, but he didn't. He didn't come to, into this world trying to disciple everybody. He selected a few uneducated and unattached and uh, brothers who did not have you know power over academia or the economy. He just got some regular old fishermen, and from those 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 twelve fishermen, those twelve disciples. Here we are. He's touched billions, and so um, it it only takes a few folk to fight to stir it up, and then uh, everybody else pretty much either joins in or benefits from that that effort. And that's fine, and and I don't mind that. Uh, I don't mind being the one. I'm on another crusade. I won't talk about that right now. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I always get some little crusade, someone else to tick me off. Here I go. Uh, that's yeah. all right. Uh, you got the spirit of Fannie Lou Hamer. I'm gonna tell you, and, and that that's where that's what we 
we really need. I mean, I'm not interested in folk who, who lack a backbone. I mean, if you don't have the backbone, then, you know, go somewhere and sit down. You know, so that's beautiful. I got you. I got you. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to go to our caller, which I'm glad that they called back because they called the hour early, which is sure. wonderful. <laughs> so we're, That is wonderful. We're going to go to a little break. You're listening to Black Wall Street Chicago with the national president, Michael Carter. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. 347-326-9477. I'm your co-host, Sonia Purdue. We'll be right back with you in a moment. Awesome. Why we can't go outside and play today? Baby, because there's too much happening out there. We got misguided people in this world who turn to violence and use guns. And sometimes innocent people like you and me get caught in the middle of it. Well, what's wrong with them? Baby, I don't know. They need changing the lives.
were just listening to Common Ground performed by Chicago's own culture. And probably, probably since almost the beginning of the show, Common Ground has been our intro song for Black Wall Street USA. Kosha is going to be a guest on an upcoming show. Kosha is from Chicago. So listen right here for an announcement, for that announcement. Also, that was a people problem, one of my favorite songs. Uh, I've been listening to it for about two years. Out of uh, Inspires out of Las Vegas, and I do love that song. And uh, he has a whole group of songs made pretty much in that format that are sends a heavy message. So we hope to have Inspire on the, the show as well. Very, very soon. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book One, 2010. Also available at Amazon.com and founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Mr. Ron Carter, the publisher of South Street Journal and candidate for the 17th Ward, is on the campaign trail this evening. And we're here this evening with Michael Carter, the national president of Black Wall Street. That's a lot of Black Wall Street. But what we're going to do, we want Michael uh, to join us again. And I'd like for Michael, welcome back to the show, Michael. Thank you. I'd like for you to tell our listeners about the Black Wall Street districts around the country. Tell tell us a little bit about the Black Wall Street districts. Okay. Uh, well, I'll start. Uh, let, let's start in the southwest corner of San Diego. Uh, you have uh, Imperial Avenue, which is uh, the, uh, the demographics reflect uh, what population that we're, we're targeting, and that's uh, African-American brothers and sisters, although there is a, a large presence of Hispanics and uh, Asians in that area. But uh, we were proud to announce that Bishop uh, George K. McKinney, uh, who sits on the governing board for the Church of God in Christ that has uh, 6.5 million members uh, worldwide. He is on the board for Black Wall Street San Diego, and he has been in the ministry for 50 years. Uh, his, his church is St. Stephen's, where I spoke. Uh, it was in February of last year, uh, and uh, he has built a uh, over time, a senior center, $12 million senior center, and just received approval to uh, erect a uh, mini or a mid-sized convention center or meeting place that will be complemented with uh, retail establishments, a grocery store, and other uh, enterprises. So we're proud that uh, San Diego is a very small uh, minority of black presence there, but uh, it, it, they definitely are moving in the right direction. Uh, Seattle is a different story. Uh, West Seattle, uh, my father, uh, James Warren, is, um, and, and San Diego is headed up, by the way, uh, by Anita Lofton. She's the chairperson. In Seattle, James Warren is the chairperson there, and they are working to uh, develop a strip there uh, in the West Seattle uh, area um, every year they have a major festival. I believe it's in, in February or March, uh, where African Americans come together uh, to celebrate. Uh, in uh, let's see, Newark, uh, South Ninth Street, Newark, New Jersey, uh, we have brothers, three young men, uh, who are working diligently to create affordable housing, uh, and they have designated uh, uh, South Ninth Street as the Black Wall Street area 
there, and they were doing this before we even uh, contacted them. Uh, in Baton Rouge, in the south, uh, we have a couple, uh, Corey Miller and Cassandra Miller, who are heading up Black Wall Street, Baton Rouge, on North Arcadia Street. Um, and they have a incubator there uh, for small businesses to uh, it's sort of like a mall. They, they, they're raising funds to create a mall. They call it the Black Wall Street Mall, uh, and uh, they have a sister in there who sells beans, coffee beans from all over the world, and another sister sells uh, uh, creative jewelry, custom ju- uh, costume jewelry, uh, and another brother sells, I believe, ties. And so it's a diverse group of businesses under one roof. And that is where we uh, plan to have our uh, national convention uh, August 4th through the 7th, and we'll have another show on, on that. In Los Angeles, uh, thanks to uh, Sister Purdue, a young man uh, has uh, laid claim to Crenshaw Boulevard as the Black Wall Street District there, 10 miles of uh, businesses along that strip. Uh, let's see where else. In Chicago, you know, I, you know, Ron is, is going to have a hundred districts in Chicago after it's all said and done. But uh, uh, Peoria, Illinois, I talked to General Parker. He's excited uh, to establish on uh, West MacArthur Highway in Peoria, Illinois, uh, the Black Wall Street District there. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Auburn Avenue. Uh, the young people there are, are moving. Uh, Quite quickly now that I've put a little heat under them to uh, to solidify, go to the state capitol and get recognized as a Black Wall Street district. Uh, let's see where else. Well, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, where else? Oh God, we everywhere. Um, but uh, that's just a, a snippet of um, you know where we are. And I encourage those listeners right now, if you're in front of your computer, which I'm sure you are. Go to blackwallstreetdistrict.com, and and you can click on the districts. Um, You know, we got Bronzeville, 47th Street, uh, Bobby Johnson, and Angela Williams over there at Stony Island, um, and and, and so many others that I I haven't even met all of the district chairs. They're moving so fast. And so uh, we just thank God uh, for Ron Carter and and you and, and, uh, um, and Mark Allen and hopefully that uh, we um, will be able to expand uh, our districts uh, as we go along. Um, and so let's see, uh, did I miss any? And I mean, you know, um, I still have to review the list of districts in Chicago, but I do know that there are, from what I understand, 13. You're doing a fine job, Michael. <laughs> huh? That was a test. You're doing a fine job. You 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 got them going across the nation. That's great. From Seattle, uh, California, Georgia, New Jersey. That's what I'm hearing. Um, we talked to Bitten Harbor about it. You know, there's only uh, three black businesses in Bitten Harbor, but uh, that makes a dist- that makes a district as well. Ron uh, is reaching out, of course, to Gary. Indiana, they've been meeting this past week or so. Mm-hmm. We met them, uh, met some new players that were interested, like in November, and they're following through. Uh, a few people who are following 
actually following through. They're very interested in making this happen. Uh, I can't think of Miss Patterson's nonprofit that she has there and has has had it established for a while, and it's mm-hmm. related to servicing the youth. But she's uh, established there, uh, long-time resident there. She hasn't abandoned the ship, and she's working very hard uh, about it. And, and actually, Ron, you know how Ron gets going. He's talking mm-hmm. about the National Convention in 2012 and Gary. There's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> right. But but that's the uh, gist of the conversation. So that's that's one idea. Uh, he spoke to a young lady down, uh, Miss Felicia, who also has a blog talk radio show, and we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get all these people to report and and tell us what what's going on with them. Right. And Miss Felicia down in Ohio, we want to be mm-hmm. sure they give us an update. We're gonna come back and talk uh, about the districts a little bit more. Let's go to the phone line. Uh, you listen to Black Wall Street USA area code five one zero. Last four digits, 9184. You're on the air with Michael Carter. Hello. Are you, you there? Doing... Hello? Hello? Are you there? Okay. Hey, go ahead. I'm here. I'm here. Um, good evening, uh, Sonia and Mike. Good evening. good evening. Okay, this is Tim Cotton from uh, Black Wall Street out here in Oakland. Hey, Tim. Hey, how you doing? Um, yeah, it's a lot of exciting things going on out here that um that I just want to let everybody know about. Um, for Black History Month, which is just right around the corner. Um, we have a couple of programs, uh that is kicking off that um you know, is bringing the spirit of black history to Oakland. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, this is this is one of our uh this is actually our leading merchant reps on you for the Black Wall Street District. Uh, in Oakland, and he is doing an almost job uh, keeping the the businesses connected. Uh, he actually walks the the strip and, and and interacts with the merchants to let them know that there is uh, someone out here. The Merchants Association is live and well, so we thank we thank God for him. So what what do we have going for Black History Month, Tim, for uh, 2011? Okay, we have a few programs. We have um, one that's going to be held on February the 8th, and it's um, an entertainer by the name of the unique Dominique, and this brother is uh, an award-winning clown of, um, you know, towards the things he does, a a variety show, the handbone, which, you know, plays into our history. You know, um, our musical history itself is something that has shaped the sound of America. Right. And this brother, you know, he does a dynamic show. Um, then on February the 13th, we have uh, at the City of Refuge uh, Church, there, there's a black, you know, program celebrating black history. Um, they'll have singing and poetry and a lot of music, um, as well as uh, the 18th at um, at another uh, Christian Academy. Um, a lot of programs that they're doing out here is uh, – you know, focused in on the music and the the cultural aspect of Black history. Um, it's it's a lot going on, Mike. Uh, we have one uh, Thursday on February 24th at the uh, Elmhurst District Library, which is in the Black um, Black Wall Street District. And um, this is something that I'm excited about. I'm going to bring my kids out to see this. It's uh, J.P. Myrick, who's uh, presenting Harriet Tubman. 
and she's um, giving a history on how just the spiritual hymns were used to guide the slaves through, the, you know, the, the the you know those times when they were coming out of slavery and you know um, the Underground Railroad and how it's just directed by song alone. You know, so these are just some programs that we have going on. Um, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a it's a dynamic time this year. Great, great, Mr. Cotton. Thank you for joining us on the show. Now, anybody, I see Michael. You have your uh, Angela Williams out there too. Walking, walking the district, walking yeah. back and forth, walking the district, and that's what she. Uh, she's the executive board member of Black Wall Street Chicago here, and that's what Angela did. Walk the district. Uh, she is the chair for the 87th and Stony Island district, and also the executive director of South of the Southeast Chamber of Commerce, and they're very fortunate to have Ms. Williams over there. So I see you you have your own Angela Williams. And I just want to say uh, we appreciate Angela Williams and uh, Mr. Cottons because these type of things, what you're doing, I, I, I can speak for it personally, takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. It's all worth it. It's worth it in the end. But it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of output. It takes a lot of your time. And uh, that type of commitment is appreciated. And uh, that's why we're going across the country to talk to people just like you who make it worked. That's that's the whole whole thing that I'm reaching out for, Michael, in the show in the upcoming year. What works? What works? Uh, Todd, what works? How do you make this work? Well, here in here in Oakland, um, like like for me personally, I have a youth program that is starting off, and um, we'll be launching it in this spring, and. One thing that I see is working is getting our youth back on track. You know, um, we fell off in the last couple of generations to where we're not even supporting each other, you know, and the spirit of Black Wall Street is that we do get back out there and support us. You know, um, in Kansas, that's what they did. You know, they they do this in other communities. They do this with other races. But we have fell off by supporting ourselves. So just getting out there with this youth program where where we're driving towards is getting these kids to understand that if we don't help each other, we don't support each other, we don't love each other, then nobody else will. So that's that's one of the things that um, we're looking forward to, to launching this year. And with the help of Black Wall Street, uh, the entrepreneur programs that we're kicking off, uh, you know, creating young black commerce who are effective in our community, you know, to battle against the big corporations who are taking the money from all the businesses, by just bullying them out, you know, of their own their own land. Well, major corporations have been taking money for <laughs> from the beginning. Uh, I remember, and I just want to, um, I remember an article like in the 1940s when they were going to, I think, uh, well, it may not have been 1940s, but I'll say way back because I may not have my dates accurate, when they were going to build, I believe, a Marshall Fields downtown or develop the downtown. Um, And the protest was not from us, you know, during that time, but it was from the the white merchants north of the downtown area making the same cry as you're taking our businesses away. You're taking our money from us when you develop in concentrated areas like this. Now, um, as I look around city to city, all cities, they pretty much look, look similar to me. 
you know, they have the distinctive skylines and that type of thing, but so yeah. concentrated in a particular area and so depleted in other areas without the thought of developing the whole area, the whole area. Um, mm-hmm. So that's 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 all over, and people lose out. I think that this past year, last year, uh, it had been a long time. I, I live on the south side. I live on the north side of Chicago, but for a couple of years, I lived on the south side of Chicago, which is a little bit different. Uh, north side, all the convenience, hundreds of restaurants, everything you want. You can walk down the street to Walgreens. Everything that you desire is one of the reasons why I live on the north side. But I went back up there to visit last year. Uh, and saw so many businesses closed up on a strip Halston that have been businesses after business after business. So people are suffering. Uh, not only us, we were already suffering, <laughs> but people are suffering across the board because of the current recession or depression. And store after store after store was boarded up, and I was just I was thrown because it was a thriving at. Um, Environment up there on North Halston. Not that everything is lost. Uh, I saw big bookstores close, different uh, spots that were just full. There were no vacancies, but it's it's a, it's across the country. So when our areas when they fall, then of course we suffer even more. But um, what is the youth organization that you have, Tom? What is the name of your youth organization up there? The organization is called Up and Up Supreme Teen Organization, um, and really, our like I said, our focus is, is to help young black people uh, look up and keep their head up, you know, and know that they are a supreme teen. I heard you earlier saying uh, what Mike was speaking on, you know, the the different races and how we are the meek, you know, and the Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth, you know. But in order for us to inherit the earth, we have to remain meek, you know, um, Everything is not for us. You know, being powerful is not for us, not right now. It's not in God's way right now. So what we have to do is teach these young people to, you know, to be meek, you know, to wait, to be, you know, also to be out there and be vigilant and take care of your own, take care of yourself, you know. So, uh, you know, just uh, up and up Supreme Team organization really focusing in on just, creating an atmosphere for young people to be able to get together to learn things that they're not necessarily learning anymore and to learn things that they really need to know. Absolutely, absolutely. I had a guest on the show, and Bobby Johnson was on uh, one of those shows uh, earlier last year with uh, Khalila Muhammad, which is Muhammad Ali's, was Muhammad Ali's second wife. Mm-hmm. And she produced a book, and I can't think of the, the name of it right now, but it's a coloring book for children, and she said, of course, it's applicable to adults, uh, and it teaches etiquette, basic etiquette, respect, uh, how to set a table, things that uh, people are not learning, just basic, uh, opening the door for people, saying thank you, saying excuse me, and it's a coloring book for children, and 
the basic things. I'm out here every day. You're out here every day, and uh, maybe you you were raised in a different way because I was raised in a different way. You do say excuse me when you bump into people. You do uh, let women on the bus first. you do open the door for women. I was taught like that, and that's the way I kind of like it. You know, for those who don't like it, you can't open the door yourself. Go go right on with that. But some basic etiquette things. Now, also, and I think in dealing with young people, I've taught young people, too, that instilling some of those basic, so basic things, see, and teaching young people and young adults, I talked uh, at the collegiate level, you cannot assume what it is that they know. There is so much that they do not know. That's right. So in, in teaching, uh, I taught data entry class, I taught accounting classes, uh, introduction to computers, marketing, mm-hmm. those type of classes. Mm-hmm. At the same time, when you're with them and teaching them, you have to teach them the basics because – we assume that mm-hmm. they know, mm-hmm. but they do not know. They have, they, and some of them do and don't follow it, but some of them have not been taught. Some of them That's don't right. know how to correctly make a bed. We assume these things. Some of them don't know that, yes, you're really supposed to wash every day. <laughs> you know, some of them don't know about how you're supposed to leave the house in a clean shirt, clean underwear, clean clothing, they they don't really know. They don't see it as being important, but it is all important um, yeah. about caring about yourself. So as I teach young people in different environments and different things, I teach them basics also because we assume, because these are our habits, that it should be their habits, but it's not. It, it absolutely yeah. is not. You know, I, I, I really, I, I really uh, <clears throat> get perplexed and frustrated when I hear, um, I guess I could say, depression generation babies or uh, baby boomers uh, lay into this the younger generation. Now I'm 40, and so anybody you know my age or younger, um, or you know anybody under 30, I, I really question why a generation who has lived would blame a generation following them for their, their mistakes and the decisions that they make. Uh, we are the black folk, and, I, you know, I don't know how white folk or any other culture in this nation does it, but for me, I know black people. And uh, for me, black folks seem to be the only ones uh, who will criticize younger people for their uh, habits, their lack of morals, uh, their lack of vision, and and but yet refuse to take responsibility for not teaching and providing instruction. Uh, it's foolish. Uh, I've been all over this world, 38 countries, and I have yet to see uh, any of the elders. Uh, in other words, if you go to Japan, they go to school all year round. They, they go to school some of them 16 years, and they never assume anything. From from the birth canal to their first class, they come out of that their mother's womb being taught what the elders know that they need to know. They don't make assumptions. And until we uh, get out of this, oh, that generation, I don't know what's wrong with this. Of course, you know what's wrong with this generation. And the biggest, my biggest 
that the is uh, this is a lost generation. Well, let me just help a whole lot of people right quick. If any generation you describe as being lost, then your generation was lost first because that generation is following you. So if your son is following you and you step in a big old pile of cow dung and then he steps in it, it's foolish for you to turn around and get all over that child when he's been following you all this time. And so we got to get out of that. that, that and I don't care about uh, how many kids you raise. First of all, God lets you live long enough to raise those kids, and they're not your children. They're his children. You're just a puppet and a tool. And yes. he's using you to raise his kids. So don't get in this business, I don't raise my kids and my grand. I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear is I thank God that he has allowed me to live, to be an example, to raise children, period. That's all I want to hear from folks. I don't want to hear your study or your opinion. So as black folks, we got to get out of that, that, that mind frame that, oh, we have another lost generation. Well, they're lost because you're lost. Yeah, you can't yeah. find your way, and they're not going to find their way until we have something uh, for them. But I, real quickly, I want to just you know put out there to the listening audience, uh, tonight I want you to, to really dig deep and look into your heart. Uh, this show needs support, uh, and uh, I'm encouraging those business owners who want to uh, come in the front door versus coming in the back door. Uh, I want you to support this show with some advertising. I want you to call Sonia, and I'm sure she'll give you her number. And I want you to advertise on this show. It, it costs time, energy, and money, and I want you to advertise on Black Wall Street USA Radio. Every every dime goes towards Sonia and, and her production efforts. The other thing is, is I want this young man we have on the phone, he's a young man, and uh, like you've heard him earlier, he goes through the Black Wall Street district. Well, we don't pay him to do that, and there are 12 people who split time between Black Wall Street USA, the national organization, and Black Wall Street Oakland. We don't pay them a dime. They give their time and their energy. They don't gripe. They don't moan. Uh, and it's a very diverse group. We have Asians. We have Hispanics. We do a lot of work for our organization. Uh, and so I'm asking you to go to blackwallstreetdistrict.com right now and pull out your card and make a donation to the organization. And the third thing is, and I'll mention it again later on, we had a group of young people uh, last year who put together a uh, DVD box set that deals with the success of Tulsa. Now, everybody's heard about the riot, and that's pretty much what's all over the Internet, but nobody really talks about how Black Wall Street Tulsa was successful from the late 1820s to nineteen. Um, uh, uh, 21, um, and if you remember this last year, brother from the Gap Band, uh, Wilson, uh, died. He was a part of that Gap Band, and they had a song. They were from Tulsa. They had a song that said, you dropped a bomb on me, baby. I know everybody thinks that's about a woman, but that's really describing what happened on uh, June 1st, 1921. So uh, I want you to go there. Uh, you go to the either, either blackwallstreet.org or blackwallstreetdistrict.com, and look for DVD box set, and you can click and you can purchase it. 
But uh, for all, again, I want to reiterate, for all of those business owners out there, I want you to uh, make Black Wall Street USA Radio a priority when it comes to advertising. And Sonia can share with you. She shared a little bit earlier, but she can share with you the growth and uh, the direction that the Lord is using her soul in so many different capacities uh, to grow this show. It's on other radio stations, and other radio stations now, uh, the one in Seattle uh, just got word the other day is looking to broadcast the show every week. So we're we're excited that uh, God has given us this drum. And uh, speaking of which, and I'm going to let uh, Sonia get back to her, her uh, comments, but uh, Dr. Patrice Berry came out with a book not too long ago and says that God has given us the drums back. He has given us the drums back. He's given this hip-hop generation the drums back. And I just want to make it clear that as a 40-year-old, not live too long, but not that young, um, when you give a child a bucket and a stick, don't expect that child to sound, you know, like one of the greatest jazz drummers out there. He's going to make a lot of racket. He's going to make a lot of noise. He's going to, it might get on your nerves. But if over time he sticks with that, he'll create and formulate, develop, a rhythm, and if you notice anywhere in the world, the drum, the drum is the most powerful instrument. I don't care what you have, the drum is the most powerful. And so why did God give us the drum back to a generation? Well, he knew that this would be the first generation, the hip-hoppers, or anybody born after 1970, or anybody born after Zap, um, 1970, he knew that he would have the most free uh, uh, creative spirit. In other words, you can't put Elvis Presley uh, on uh, any Tupac, or you can't put Pat Boone on any Jay-Z, because we're the first completely and truly free black generation in America. Now, as far as the prison industrial complex, that's a whole other show. But as far as creativity goes, God giving us the drums back means that we have a responsibility. And so it all comes together. And so it's very important that we don't just write off a generation because they don't do or act in a certain way. If they're not acting right, it's your fault. You're the elders. Get it right. Walk right before them, and, and they'll walk right. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to go to the phone lines, and then I'm going to play um – I'm doing some selfish PR. I have a point of generations that I want to play talking about what you're talking about, Michael. Let's go to the phone lines first. Area code 773, last four digits, 3175. You're on the air with Michael Carter and Michael Carter and Tom Cotton. Tim Cotton. Welcome to the show. Hello. Um, Hello. How you doing? How, How are you doing? Okay, I want to ask you a question. How did the uh, black business districts do during the holiday season? Did they receive a lot of support? Well, it it it. Uh, you talking about any anywhere particular in particular, or are you just over the, across the board? Just all over. Okay. Well, it, they they did about as well as they, any other district. Um, uh, the, the numbers are still coming in. We, what we do is we work with the, in Oakland, we work with the uh, 
the Community Economic Development Agency and the Big Business Tax Office to get those numbers, and those numbers are normally normally coming after March after everybody filed their taxes. Um, but it is a very tight uh, economic uh, uh, day. I mean, folks are not spending uh, like they, they used to. But what we do is to get individuals to the district, and, and Tim probably can, can help me on this. We, we partner with any economic agency in the city and the county and for the, in the state, for that matter, since now we have three black Wall Street districts in California, Oakland, San Diego, and uh, Los Angeles. And we we use creative ways to get people to the districts and, and then encourage them to leave their money there, to leave their money at a store, at a barbershop, at a restaurant, at a church, uh, and that way we can generate more more cash flow for our businesses. But we won't know the numbers until after March. Hello. Yes, sir. Did you have any other comments? Is he still there? I'm not sure. Uh, I want to thank you for calling in, though. We appreciate you. Listen, you're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I think he's listening to himself on the listen to the comments on the internet at the same time. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with Michael Carter and Tom Cotton out of Oakland, California, and we appreciate you taking the time to be with us this evening. Caller area code three o nine. You're on the air with Black Wall Street USA. Are you there? Wait a minute. Let me do this correctly. Call out at 309. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Yes. You're welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Purdue? I'm great. How are you? Who's on the line? This is General Parker. Mr. Oh, Parker. How's everybody been doing? We're doing yeah. great. I was, I was just thinking about you. Uh, Michael Carter mentioned you a little bit earlier. You've been sitting back listening, or you, you just came in and started listening? I just got in, so uh, I apologize. Okay. That's okay. We're glad, we're glad that you stopped by. We know you're a busy man. I was just uh, thinking about you when uh, Michael, Michael Carter mentioned the Peoria District. Uh, why don't we let you give a little report out of what's going on in Peoria, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Michael. Well, out of Peoria, we we getting Black Wall Street started up uh, along our MacArthur Highway Boulevard down here. Uh, we're working in conjunction with another group, some ministers called Pomito, and right now they got a, a project going that starts up in about March, and it's a $330 million project. And at the same time, they got other projects that's in the pipe, and it's going to be over a billion dollars worth of uh, projects going on, and it's going to go all up and down the Illinois River corridor from Peoria all the way, well, really from Beardstown all the way up to Chicago. And we're trying to get uh, minority business development, a lot of minority uh, business owners and some business, well, some laborers also. So uh, everybody's not cut out for business, and we want to make sure that the black community get their part out of this money. So. What is the what is the reaction, uh, General Parker, to a, a uh, and I'm talking in the community. I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about the visionaries, but 
what is your feel uh, from the community about uh, having a Black Wall Street district in in, the, in Peoria? Well, the, the first thing we got to get over is the apathy here because, you know, a lot of the people, and sometimes rightly so because you've had so many people come through and so many different projects and, and so many different people with so many different ideas and everything's always falling through. Or you got a lot of people that come here and uh, they want to get the numbers. They get people to sign up and they go back and say, well, you know, we got the numbers to show this and show that. But uh, the money never really funnels down to the people or to the black businesses. So um, other than that, uh, we got people who are in the mainstream here who finally realize that, uh, you know, these guys are serious and they're going to make this go. So now they're trying to be a part of it. So. Uh, and and so you know we owe that to uh, Ron Carter. Uh, just briefly, I'll let you get back to to Peoria. But uh, it all it took was a phone call uh, from Ron after he saw that the website BlackWallStreet.org, and I encourage people to go there. And he called us, and uh, uh, next thing I know, I was on a plane to Chicago, and I look up. Uh, let's see, uh, three years later. There are 13 districts in the Chicago uh, region. And, um, you know, I'm not a micromanager because I'm led by the spirit. Now, I don't do everything in the spirit. Don't nobody, I mean, in the right spirit. We do things, but it's not always in the right spirit. Um, But um, I don't micromanage. Uh, I do manage. I do let people know if they're in the right spirit or, or, or whatever. But if you're in the right spirit, then... Uh, things will definitely fall in the right place. And so uh, when Ron expressed to me that there were multiple people interested in establishing districts in various places in Chicago, uh, it then forced my hand to make it a regional uh, setup versus just Chicago. And so Peoria and Gary and, and anything in that area falls into that regional center, um, and so we owe that to the hard work of, of, of Cheryl Calvin, the vice chair, and, and Ron Carter, the chair, and Bobby Johnson, and, and so many others, and certainly now Sonia Perdue. What do you see, uh, foresee for Peoria uh, as a result of, one, being in close proximity to Chicago, uh, and what do you see as far as the future of MacArthur Highway? Uh, Miss Reverend Carter, I, I see nothing but opportunity. You know, opportunity that the Peoria has never had in the past, and having that direct link with Chicago now opens up so many different avenues for us. I mean, not not just financially and and not just politically, but just like you said, spiritually also. And you know, it, it even says in in our book, you know, without without a vision, our people perish. You know, so. We got the vision now, and that came from Black Wall Street. And I do, I, I got to give accolades to Ron Carter because it, it wasn't until I met him, you know, and, and found out of Black Wall, found out about Black Wall Street and opportunities, and 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 Sonya and talking with them and, and and brainstorming with them and working with them. Uh, this never would have been available without the support and the help that they've given me. So, uh, and if I never said it before, I want to right now give respect and honor to those that came before me and paved the way and yourself included. But uh 
and I also got to give honor to God also because he's the one who opened the door for me and gave me the mind to come up to Chicago to one of the summits up there. They don't, why don't you start <laughs> the Listen here, it don't take me long to get to preaching when you get to talking <laughs> about God. And, uh, All right. you know, I, I had a, I, I'm actually working on a sermon now. I won't preach, y'all, but uh, it, it really, we, you know, when we as a people take the word I out of our mouths and replace it with God, because, you know, the very first letter of the very first verse, the very first chapter and first book of the Bible is the letter I, and it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God because it says, in the beginning, God. And so when I came out to Chicago in was it, 2008, uh, Ron flew me out there and they had a reception. There was a pregnant lady there, a uh, couple. It was a couple there. And I did not know that she was pregnant until her husband, and I hope I can find that baby because the baby got to be at least three years old now. And he put his hand on, his, on her stomach because I'm a very loud person. I'm, you know, when I preach, I'm loud. And so I guess my voice caused the baby to start jumping in her stomach. And when he reached over, I said, oh, you with child? She said, yeah. I said, is the baby in that joint? She said, yeah. But my point to you is we're at a place now where God has opened the floodgates of opportunity. He has given us a history. Well, first of all, he gave us Jesus. But he's given us history, which is Black Wall Street, USA, to build off of. It is not the brick and mortar. I want to make that clear. It is not the Internet. It is not cell phones, Twitter, Facebook, or any of that. First, the very first thing is the spirit. And so they thought that I was coming to Chicago in 2008 to give a speech. I ended up preaching because... If we don't start out in the spirit, I don't, the right spirit, I should say, I don't care what we attempt to undertake. If it's not started off correctly, it won't end up correctly. And so uh, my hat is off to you there in Peoria because uh, I'm not familiar with Peoria, but since you mentioned those group of preachers, let them know I'm, I'm eager to come and, and share the word with them and, and just basically give them, uh, you know, guidance as best I can. Um, and it will be based on, uh, you know, how God wants us to go and then the history of Tulsa and how they were successful uh, without phones and fax machines and the Internet. I mean, they did it. They traded around the world from Tulsa, textiles, right. clothes, and uh, they were doing it worldwide right there from that 36 square block area. Huh? I'm sure. I think that was some interference, Michael. Thank you for listening to Black Wall Street USA. We're on the air uh, with our national president, Michael Carter, out of Oakland, California, Tom Cotton out of Oakland, California, our chair from Peoria. What a wonderful show. Just uh, coming on the air is our chair from Chicago. Ron Carter, welcome to the show. Hello, Sonia, and everybody else, uh, our national chair and our other chairs from around the United States of America. Good evening. Well, hello, Mr. Carter. How you doing, brother? We're doing very good, still progressive and still focused and still uh, developing Black Wall Street districts in the city of Chicago. Yes, Lord. Good, good. 
Well, I now understand now you have, uh, let's see, 13. Last time it was it was 10. So you're up to 13 now, huh? Uh, 13 and a half. Now, who's the half? 69th Street. Okay. Matter of so, fact, I've just... Pardon? So now give us, give the audience, the, if you if you can bring them all up to recollection, the names uh, of the streets that are, are Black Wall Street districts there. Okay, if I can shoot them off the top of my head without grabbing something, but <laughs> we are started off at Seventy uh, Fifth Street, uh, right. which is Seventy Fifth Street uh, uh, number one and Seventy Fifth Street number two. Is uh, Madison Street on the west side. Uh, there is Stony Island. There's 79th Street on the west of the Dan Ryan. There's 79th Street on the east of Dan Ryan. There is, uh, we had a meeting this uh, this week with uh, Gary Indiana again, in which Gary Indiana is uh, now focused. Uh, uh, there's 87th Street. Uh, there is uh, now... 69th Street, and there's uh, 43rd Street, there's 47th Street, and there is 51st Street. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we are mapping out Chicago uh, so that we can have a vision of what we do have and also a focus on what we are going to have and our identification for our people, and we can have the economic stability based on our own strength opposed to uh, the strength of others monopolizing our economic um, growth and our economic uh, share of our own money. So we're progressing. All districts are not equally uh, represented as far as its growth, but all districts have been uh, put a stake in for Chicago, and we have mapped our area out um, in red lines throughout the Chicago. Uh, and not only that, you know that Chicago is a political uh, season now. We had a meeting Tuesday with a bunch of uh, candidates, and now there's also maybe, uh, pardon me, but there may be 14, mm. which 14 may be Ashland Avenue from uh, 55th Street to 69th Street. And again, wow. that's 69th Street. Uh, Ashland on uh, from 55th to 69th Street uh, locks in with uh, 69th Street on the uh, west from um, Halsted to Ashland. So we are progressing uh, beyond our own vision. So our focus now is management and implementation of what we have established. And you have... Uh been successful there, uh, Ron, as the leader, uh, and, you know, I, I went on and appointed you uh, regional director because of the growth 
uh, that is coming out of there. But you have, and your team has been successful at, uh, I believe, it's two resolutions, one from the House and one from the Senate, um, in getting them to pass uh, recognizing 75th Street and uh, Stony Island. How has that gone over with uh, those in Chicago? Well, it's went over to the point that uh, uh, Stony Island from 71st Street to 95th Street, uh, 87th Street felt slighted. Mm. And I think that that is really what's going on. We've had most of the districts that have been developed after 75th Street uh, was more of the community area saying, why are you leaving us out? But right. it's also, so they said, what's wrong with us? We And, and, and we are also realizing that as much of uh, frustrations we have that what we don't have in the stability of our communities, we have more than what we realize because I'm beginning to personally see that we do have an influx of black businesses that we have not been taken advantage of. So mm. there are, and then at the same time when we had a uh, a meeting among the automatic candidates this past Tuesday, these automatic candidates have adopted the agenda of black Wall Street districts. Even candidates that are opposing each other have uh, banned to be supportive of these black Wall Street districts. So it's, it still is a growing process, uh, implementation process, but it's that identity, I believe, that what you have uh, set the uh, the ground for in Oakland that once we can feel the spirit, you know, and I think mm -hmm. that's something that you have been pushing for some time, you know, feel the spirit of what we're doing. And once we get that spirit in, people are going to move on their own. So right. we do have to do some work, but that spirit is part of uh, is what's making it happen even more. Well, I do know that our, our ancestors are, uh, in Tulsa, um, and when I look back at the story, uh, you know, the Henry Henry Lillies and the, the Newarks, uh, Henry Lilly owned the postry shop, if I'm correct in my history, um, on North Greenwood in Tulsa, and, and, and the ES Network owned the photography studio uh, in, in Tulsa. These are our, our fathers in this effort because, uh, they they were innovators. They were creators. They were uh, they were forward thinkers. And I I I have always made it clear that the spirit supersedes the right spirit. I should say the spirit of God supersedes race. It it, it you know it, it covers uh, you know every economic level. You got to remember that Black Wall Street Tulsa folk of all economic levels lived in the same area. Mm -hmm. uh, much like um, Chinatown today, and a lot of people aren't aware, but the model for Chinatowns all over the country came from Black Wall Street uh, right. because right. they knew that they could not, uh, that because of the 1866 Chinese Exclusionary Act, look that up on mm -hmm. Google, 
They told the Chinese, you can you can have all the money you want economic, but you you know normally and naturally when you get a lot of money, you want to uh, spread out and buy up property. And so they passed a law and said that the red Chinese couldn't do that. So the spirit of what we're doing again is it can't be taught. This is not something that can be taught or preached at or lectured. Um, and I'm very proud of Oakland, of uh, Chicago. Proud of Oakland, certainly, but I'm proud of Chicago in taking on the the template of Tulsa, and, and mm-hmm. taking on the template of Oakland, and mm-hmm. create and just letting it grow. And right. uh, uh, last week, uh, I didn't get the show live, but I did listen to it online, and I encourage people to go to the national website and listen to all as many shows as you can. But that brother from Benton Harbor. Oh wow! Wasn't that a story? Wasn't that a story? Ron, I could not sit down, man. I, that I was, was a story. So you you did get the message that we going to go to Bidden Harbor. You you know we're going, right? Yeah, I didn't. I don't I see that that right there in the right because I didn't even have to call you right. to tell you. So I, you know, a delegation from the Chicago regional team led by you and maybe four other or five other district leaders and some staff just you know converged on that brother's home. And, and, mm-hmm. and let him, you know, in face to face tell you this is what we need. And right. Uh, well, I think we got heart. another caller on the line, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Brother Carter. Go ahead. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. That was Black Achievement on the line. He's going to call back in in a few minutes. Let's do this, gentlemen. We're glad to have you here. You listen to the National President Michael mm-hmm. Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter, Chair of Peoria. General Parker and Tom Cotton out of the Oakland areas. This is a this is a new thing and a wonderful thing. We're going to take a short break, gentlemen, and we're going to be right back. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. I'm Sonia. Generations. It is the generation before this generation of madness that is mad, a legacy of insanity gifted to the children of the insane. No passing of discipline or traditions, but rights of guilt, pain, and plagues. A torch of sadness passes. It is the generation of sunshine that has left us sightless as the children of the blind lead us toward the millennium of darkness. The generation of choice has left us no choices as our world turns and we devour ourselves. We stare into the eyes of our children, a brilliant reflection of our image, and we blame them for what we see. That is a poem from my book. This is Songyan Purdue from Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions. I told uh, National President Michael Carter I would do a little shameless PR uh, because we were on the conversation of how generation are not passing on the things that are right. And uh, we have no reason to blame the generation following us when we look in the mirror and we see a reflection of ourselves. Black America... Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions is a five-part series beginning with 2010. And uh, you can go to com and record your responses to the tough questions. The book is available on Amazon.com. I appreciate the support. We are looking at traveling the country asking black America the tough questions. As a matter of fact, on Saturday, right here at the offices of South Street Journal, did you know that, Ron? Uh, 2.30 to 4.30, we are going to be, begin recording your responses 
to the tough questions. That's Saturday, January 29th, 230 to 430 at 449 East 35th Street. We're going to do the first recording of your responses to the tough questions. So get your book, make your reservations, and come on over. That's going to, that's going to be very exciting. We've had a, a few book discussions, and I usually hand out three questions from the book, and we only get through one. That's how, that's how intense this is, this is going to be. I look forward to traveling around the country. I, can't, I hope to begin that in February, and I hope to, definitely hope to get out to Oakland and record Michael Carter's and Tom Cotton's response as well as General Parker's. We want to make this happen. I also want to uh, let you know that we're going to have another networking event. Let's meet on the street. That is 35th Street for networking, Chicago style. We had an event, uh, our first net networking event, January 7th. That was just last Friday. We wanted to jumpstart this year for our businesses and our business connections, and did it work. Those people came to network. Um, I haven't seen it quite that serious before. That's what they did. They connect. They knew what they were doing. They came to meet people, and people walked out with business, business connections. They walked out making new connections. That's going to jumpstart again. We want you here on February the 4th at the offices of South Street Journal, 449 East 35th Street. That's going to be another Friday. February 4th is another Friday, 5.30 to 9.30 p.m. You should not miss an opportunity to market your business. I'm going to play a little intro from one of our new, our new shows. We have some new shows coming up on uh, the CBB and on Blog Talk Radio. That was the theme song for Check Out Chicago. It was written especially for one of our new shows by Joe Plumber and produced by Joe Plumber. I have him on an upcoming show as well. Check Out Chicago airs Monday afternoons from 3.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. right here on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio with Keisha Nicole. Keisha is an actress and the founder of the Bronzeville Theater right here in Chicago. As a matter of fact, they gave one of their first performances here 
A Raisin in the Sun back in November. Great show. Great show. Next, on Tuesday evenings from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., attorney and CPA Derek McNeil is the host of The Consumer Story. That's every Tuesday from 7.30 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. And last week's show was The Ten Most Important Steps for Business Startups. And he had some great callers. And spoke with him yesterday, and he got a lot of callbacks from that show. So we're excited about what we do here at CBB and on Blog Talk Radio, and we certainly, certainly, certainly want you to be a part of it. This evening, you're listening to Black Wall Street USA, where we are reporting from communities across the country. Our host, Ron Carter, is back on the air with us. We have our national president, Michael Carter here, Tom Cotton out of Oakland, and General Parker out of Peoria. This is my vision for the show. You don't know how delighted I am. Let's go back to the phone lines with our guests. Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Well, thank you, Tony. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's happening in Peoria? You came on a little late, Mr. Carter, but... uh <laughs> Yeah, we are we we we're rolling down here. Uh, we're working with Pamitos, the Peoria Ministerial's Economic Development Organization, and uh, we're trying to get uh, economic development from Peoria all the way up to Chicago along the Illinois River Basin. So uh, we got a lot of things rolling right now. Big money in the works. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, Mr. Carter. Yes. Okay, so how how are we looking for the future for Black Wall Street USA? Well, it's, it's certainly bright, uh, Ron. I just encourage folks to to really study the history um, of of Tulsa. It really will be open your eyes to what uh, what it was all about. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What it was all about. Uh, now, if this phone cut off, I'm gonna have to call you back because I'm on a cordless. But um, the future is bright, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm elated. Um, if uh, somebody had told me 10 years ago that this is where we would be and the direction that we were going, I would have believed it, but I wouldn't have believed that God would have sent the amount of people. Uh, we have thousands of people involved, and um, so that's, that's, the, that's the positive thing. I'm looking forward to our national convention in Baton Rouge in August. I'm looking forward to the summits in Chicago and all that we're doing here in Oakland and in other cities. Um, But if anybody's listening, I do encourage you, uh, even if you're not in an area where there's a black Wall Street, I encourage you to join the national organization. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, if you haven't paid your dues, go to the national site and pay your dues. That's how we keep our team going, our websites going, our design and graphics and communications and and the like. And I want to say for Sonia, we did put your book in our e-store, Sonia, so it's up there in the blackwallstreet.org e-store, so you can go there and and purchase Sonia's book. Uh, And, again, there's a a box set, DVD box set, three DVDs, that lay out the history of Tulsa on the website. I encourage people to go there and and get it. Um, And also, you know, real quick, it, you know, this this will not be done in the traditional uh, uh, manner. You know, again, this is about the spirit of man. 
and until we really uh, realize that, uh, we we won't be successful. And so I encourage everybody to dig deep in your spirit and see that this effort is about people that we've never met and and about people that we'll never meet. And if you don't hear nothing else the national chairman say tonight, take the eye out your mouth and make it about somebody else. Make it make make what you do uh, about about somebody else. Um, and I, this last thing I want to share uh, is an African proverb that says there are 40 kinds of lunacy, but there's only one kind of common sense. And so we we need to use common sense as we as we go forward. Uh, and we encourage district leaders around the country to share with the rest of the Black Wall Street USA family the models that work in your community, things that are, I have on my desk in my office a box that says solutions only, solutions only. I don't want suggestions. I don't want what you think, your recommendations. The only thing going that slot are solutions. And God has given man the capacity to come up with solutions for our own community. Man has decided that they want to go in a different direction. So, um, but anyway, send my love to everybody there in Chicagoland. Uh, I love you. I thank you for all that you're doing. Ron, you know I wish you the best on your campaign. In my thank heart, you. you've, already, you've already won. Uh, you are a great man, and I hope that um, the people back there will stop giving you a hard time. <laughs> and work with you. Well, they gave you a hard time too, so that's all well, right. you know. good company. <laughs> well, and preachers, you know, we're going to get a hard time because we're we supposed to walk a certain way. And, and, and on that note, since you know I mentioned preacher, I want to just send a special shout out to a man who's changed my season, Dr. Anthony Darrington. He is the president of uh, Piedmont Theological Seminary, uh, and he uh, graduated from seminary uh, in, Jan- uh, in December. And uh, uh, he has really uh, changed my season with regards to releasing uh, the word and and to make me a better father, a better friend, better brother, and uh, and a better leader for Black Wall Street USA. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. So, um, Brother Cotton, my pleasure to uh, uh, be in acquaintance with you again. Yes, thank you, thank you. Good hearing your voice. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you feel with the wrap-up in, in the direction that we need to go with uh, the Black Wall Street uh, nationally? Well, nationally, um, you know, it, it's good. You know, the direction we're going is good. Um, one thing I encourage is just communication, you know, um, getting out there, spreading the word. Um, like Michael uh, spoke before about me getting out. I, I walk Black Wall Street out here in Oakland, and I communicate with the with all the businesses and and try to get them more involved with everything that's going on just within their community itself. So, you know, just, you know, encouragement and communication and, you know, we, you know, just continue to thrive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, with that, that's thriving. What would you all, you know, each of you say would maybe our biggest um, hurdle um, or what is more humble in all of our uh, missions here as we uh, establish these Black Wall Street districts? What, what is the most humble part that you all have witnessed? Um, for me, it's just uh, 
the reaction of the the black business people um, who feel like they're in it alone. You know, it's humbling to see them be uh, happy that that Black Wall Street is here. You know, uh, for a lot of young businesses, uh, I know Oakland has a lot of young businesses out here now, and um, they feel like there's nobody out there for them. You know, so so for them to know that we're here is, um, you know, a good thing for them, and it's humbling to my spirit because, you know, it's letting me know that we we are needed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Brother Parker? General Parker, are you there? Yeah. Did you hear the question? No, I didn't. Okay, okay. What's the most humbling uh, part of as you pursue the uh, Black Wall Street in um, in Peoria? The most humbling? Yes. Well, you know, when you first come out with an idea like Black Wall Street in an area where you know, there's no black businesses uh, thriving, period. You know, you got the Black Chamber of Commerce, you got all these other organizations, and and some people don't even know that there was a black chamber here in Peoria because black business is not thriving here, you know. And then you you, you talk to people, and, you know, they're, they're anxious. Uh, it changes to, to hope, you know, and, and they... They start to believe in you, and they want to start to support uh, the things that you're doing. Uh, that that's got to be the most humbling, in my experience. So mm-hmm. you, you get from all the opposition and people trying to fight against you and trying to knock what you're doing, and then they see uh, the like I said before, the hope and the prosperity, you know, and the opportunity there if we just work together. And uh, to me, that's got to be the most humbling. So okay. About you, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, you, you said the biggest stumbling block. Yeah, uh, if it's a stumbling, the most humble. What is the most humbling part of your experiences in involved in the Black Wall Street, from the uh, Oakland to how you have led us nationally? Well. Uh, so many adjectives I could use, but I guess what I could say is the the response from the, the anybody over seventy uh, when they hear me talk about the story um, and a certain pleasant expression comes over their face that uh, someone in, in my generation would be willing to to step out on on faith and try to to steer our, our people in a certain direction. Um, that that to me is is, is the most humbling uh, uh, thing, and you know I tell a lot of folks, especially folk at the church, you know it's, it's only two groups that I really will sit down and give a lot of time to, and that's babies, anybody under ten years old, and old older people, anybody over eighty, everybody in between, they going through too much, they got too much going, but a baby who's innocent, and uh, folk over eighty who's lived. Uh, they have life experience. I'm going to sit down and take time with them. Uh, they will. They they're the most grounding uh, of our people because kids will keep you grounded, and our seniors will will keep you humble and, and grounded. Um, but just sharing the story, just telling the story of how 
our fathers in Tulsa were able to uh, create and maintain a uh, community of self-sufficiency and just duplicate that all over the country. That is uh, that is the most humbling uh, aspect of this. Um, and so it, to me, you know, you can call me national leader and chairman this and chairman that, but really I'm just a servant. I'm just a tool, a puppet uh, being used to to exercise a part of our history that has been kept away from our children. And you'd, you'd be surprised there are a number of people uh, of, a, of certain generations that just never heard of black. In fact, kids are more familiar with Black Wall Street Records, the music company, than they are the, the original story. And so when I can sit in front of a group of young kids and tell them, you know, there were people who owned their own airplanes back in the turn of the 20th century, black folk. They're like, really? Yeah. They own their, well, their own how bus do we, line. How do we close that gap as we're getting ready to um, uh, end the show? Uh, two experiences is that, uh, one, naturally, as I'm doing my campaigning, we have black Wall Street caps you know, and, mm-hmm. that we wear. And this, uh, as I was talking to some of the young brothers, uh, they was listening to me campaigning, but they was more looking at that black Wall Street hat. And they responded, can I get that hat? And then another experience, as we were, uh, were standing outside the office, another young brother walking down the street looked at us, we eyed each other, he kept those strutting toward us, and the minute that he got to us, he threw his fists up in the air and shouted Black Wall Street and kept on strutting down the street. <laughs> so how do we, uh, and, and as you just indicated, that there is a more identification with the game, Black Wall Street, uh, and with the uh, uh, the the I guess it's the uh, the record label Black Wall Street. Do you see a a uh, you know uh, if, if all of you all can hit on this before we close out? I think we're going to close out real quick. The um, closing the gap of Black Wall Street, where we almost identify collectively Black Power. Do we see that Black Wall Street? can be an identification as we did with the term black power. Uh, well, anybody want to take that before I do? Well, well now, um, we've done the black power. We've been there, done that. Uh, this is a new, This well, it's not new. It's just that God has allowed us to exist long enough to reach back into history and, and and do something, and I want everybody to remember this word, application, apply. He is allowing us to apply the very principles that the our fathers did uh, in Tulsa. Uh, here's how we close the gap, though, Ron, real quick. We've got to lose the me-isms. We've got to get rid of those me-isms. It's all about me, 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 me. And, and, and again, think in terms of, of people who set this up for us. And well, just quickly, if I can, Michael, I was at a, I was listening to church uh, all day Sunday, 
And basically what I heard from four different pastors, they was preaching me, 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 me. I, 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 mm-hmm. God, not we. So mm-hmm. how do you close that gap based on you saying <laughs> take out the we, but the most pastors are telling people to think I. Well, that well then uh, you know the Bible don't teach. Uh, God tells folks, Jesus said, you got to deny yourself, which means that our lives are not about us. Our lives are about others. Right. You think about the well, natural order of the order thing, but I mean I hear what you're saying, but the reality is, again, we are not here for just our own individual selves. Uh, we may see ourselves in the mirror, but what we got to realize is that what you see in the mirror, everybody else sees. And so that means others are looking at you. And so we got to lose that meism, that iism, that it's all about me. And what I'm, the people I'm talking to are those individuals who have moved out of the hood, uh, got their set aside and got their quotas and uh, benefited from affirmative action, which is gone in California, by the way. We got to get them to come back and set up businesses, set up enterprise for people uh, who will benefit from it down the road. And so it may sound harsh, it may sound out of the box, but the reality is is that Tulsa, the whole purpose of Tulsa, was not for the business owners who existed during Tulsa's time. Tulsa was about building something for their children in the future. So we have that, that, that meism. I don't agree with that, and it's, it's not biblical. So what can we look forward to at this national uh, summit uh, this year? Well, uh, first of all, we're going to uh, examine the model that Baton Rouge is doing, and they, they're creating, like I said earlier in the show, a uh, Black, Black, Black Wall Street mall where they have businesses all under one roof, uh, and uh, the examples of these businesses I shared, so I encourage you to listen, and we're going to examine their model. Uh, what they're doing. So that means that member business members from all over the country in the various Black Wall Street districts, and even if you're not, can come to Baton Rouge uh, and, and, and examine how Baton Rouge on North Arcadia Street there in that city is uh, moving forward. And uh, it's really going to be a little bit of the same uh, as our, our convention back last August, but at the same time it will have a Baton Rouge Southern uh, feel to it, and I'm excited about the couple that is uh, heading this up. In fact, I'm scheduled to be there in February uh, to launch it, uh, I guess to do a kickoff or whatever for Black History Month leading up to the convention. But expect it to be an eye-opener. Expect um, it to be a, a place where we can all get recharged, and it's mandatory that everybody who's a district leader anywhere, that they show up there. If there's nobody there but the district leaders, you got to be there because these young people in Baton Rouge, they're on the move. They're serious, uh, and they're God-fearing folk. And so we want to have a good show. Uh, and hopefully, well, Chicago uh, will be in the house. Oh, I know, I know, I know. And, uh, and I just want to, before I get off, I just want to tell Sonya again, thank you, sister, for continuing to do what you do. And I, I want to just continue to encourage all of our district leaders, wherever you are, do not give up. Uh, keep the faith going, and remember what you do now, the tools that you use now, the methods that you use now, the spirit that you're in now. Uh, others will benefit from it for generations. Absolutely. 
I want to thank everyone for listening to Black Wall Street USA, National President, Chair Michael Carter, Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and Tim Cotton out of Oakland. General Parker has left the scene, but we want to Thank our chair out of Peoria for taking the time to be with us this evening, and we want to thank you for listening. And in this last 60 seconds, Michael, do you have a Black Wall Street hat? No, I don't. I, I do not. Uh-oh. Uh, but y'all need to finish me a uh, Black Wall Street Uh-oh. hat. Yeah, we got, you know, we got to sing you the one. Let them know it costs money, and let them know it's uh, shipping and handling costs, too. <laughs> you know what, Ron? You cut that out. That's why he's the chairman of Chicago, because he's on point. I mean, he's going to be on point. He went to national chair. You go ahead on Maybe that come out our dues uh, that we owe. I don't know. We'll work something out. Yeah, we'll we'll take care of that because you should see him strutting around in that hat, Michael. It is it is something to see. That we got to uh, put that on the website. You got you got to see that once again, Michael. Thank you. Let's do this again and again and again. Ron, thanks for stopping by. Hope everything went well last night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Oh yeah. Great. That's why we got this. That's why we got the next uh, 69th Street as a Black Wall Street district. That's what Is happened that right? tonight. Is That's that right? right. So we up, we up to we up to twenty five, uh, about six uh, <laughs> or seven of them. No, seriously, six or seven of them are tentative. They haven't really stepped out on faith, but uh, the nation is watching Chicago, and and it, it's only right, you know. And so Barack Obama, Farrakhan, Jackson, Dupont Disable, and and Ron Carter. So the, the nation is watching. There you go. Hey. Thank you so much for listening to Black Wall Street USA. We'll be right back here next Thursday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's been a pleasure, and we're going around the nation building these Black Wall Street districts. Be a part of all that we do in sustaining and increasing black businesses across this country. Good night, everyone. Good night.